Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. Christ is in our midst. Both our gospel and our epistle lesson this morning seem to be getting at roughly the same thing. And um, despite the opinion of some people who are of a certain ecclesiological persuasion that St. Paul is the better theologian, I think our Lord's teaching in the gospel this morning proves otherwise. Uh, That was meant a little tongue-in-cheek, but just a little. (laughs) You may not be aware of it, but there are people who think St. Paul is a better theologian than Jesus, Um, in all seriousness. (laughs) Um, But this morning, Christ's mode of uh, explicating this deep, profound truth is uh, at a much higher level than St. Paul's, and so I'm going to preach on the gospel instead of the epistle this morning. I have been coming to the conclusion over many years that there is perhaps one primary underlying cause for all our trouble. And by trouble, what I mean is our moral failures, our marital conflicts, our anxieties and mental health issues, our failure to trust, to love, to obey, our unhappiness, our general discontentedness, our boredom and dissipation, pretty much everything that we would call trouble and failure, I think is provoked and sustained by one issue. That's a pretty bold claim. Uh, If I'm right, I think I've probably gotten your attention now. I mean, we all want that magic pill, right, that would solve everything. One bullet, one pill, everything's good. Likewise, to know the one enzyme that rots everything would be very, very valuable information for us to have. But before I tell you what I think it is, let me just say I'm not trying to be cutesy here (laughs) or novel. And there may be other ways of describing or diagnosing our problem. But I do think that this one thing that I'm going to share with you is the underlying catalyst for all of it. And that recognizing it in its various forms in our life would be very helpful to us. Practically helpful, to say the least. Now lastly, before I get to the thing, my wife gives me a hard time for having these long lead-ins. But before I do... I want to say that I've come to this conclusion really over the past 37 years. It's been developing over the past 37 years. First of all, from my own personal struggles in my life, my own sin, my own failures, my own, you know, struggles. Secondly, from my theological and scriptural study, 
And lastly, by the pastoral work I've done with people, which began in the 1980s when I was way too young and has gone on uninterrupted till the present time. So to get to the point, the thing that I think lies at the root of all our trouble is a feeling of insecurity. Feeling of insecurity. Now some might appropriately call it fear, but I think the word insecurity is actually more helpful. It's more descriptively relatable to what we are feeling, what we are experiencing. Now from a scriptural and theological point of view, we can actually say that this what lay at the bottom of the very first sin, this feeling of insecurity. And if it's at the bottom of the very first sin, it stands to follow that it is at the root of every other sin that follows. Our parents were tricked into taking the forbidden fruit by the deceiver because he was playing on their natural state of vulnerability. Okay, so Adam and Eve, mom and dad, were tricked. They were deceived. They were in a natural state of vulnerability anyway. And the devil played on that. And that's how he deceived them. Their distrust in God's good intentions toward them, which is what their grasping of the fruit was, it led them to a new mode of existence by which now their twisted and disordered appetites began to rule them instead of good sense. They became enslaved then to the power of fear, and that has been ruling mankind ever since. Now, I said something about their natural state of vulnerability. As creatures, by virtue of being created, we are by nature in a state of vulnerability and danger. Because we have the potential to become perfect and total and good and united to God, because of that potentiality, at the very same time, by definition, we're also in danger of not becoming perfect, you see, of losing ourselves, of coming rather to everything, of coming to nothing. I don't have the time to unpack this this morning. But we need to understand that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil basically stands for the power to control our fate. That's what they were grasping at. That's what it is. To control our fate, really to control everything, to control reality. To remove our dependence on God, which we have by virtue of having been created. This tree falsely promises that we can deliver ourselves from our inherent vulnerability. And that's precisely what the devil promised mom and dad, and that's what they fell for. And that's what we've been doing ever since. Now, of course, it had the opposite effect. It actually brought about the very thing that we should have feared most, namely death. And ever since, we've been the subject of the power of sin through the fear of death. And repeating the same action again and again, grasping at the tree of power to save ourselves, which in turn just perpetuates more death 
and drives us deeper into the dark hole. It's a vicious cycle. I mean, this is ultimately why you fight with your spouse, why you are unkind to your children, why you do bad things and don't do good things, why you are discontent or anxious or suspicious of the love and kindness of others. And this is just what Jesus is getting at in his very simple-sounding teaching this morning. Now, he works backwards. He brings us up out of the hole that we're in. We have to retrace our steps from the bottom up. We've got to climb up. We've got to put our foot on the first rung. It began at the top falling in, but we've got to climb out from the bottom. The end result, the bottom of the hole, is enslavement to passion, a disordered appetites, which makes us senseless like irrational beasts. And so he begins by telling us how we can regain our vision of what is true and good by saying that we cannot serve two masters. We can't love God and money. Now, money stands for more than just money, but by money, he also means money. <laughs> okay. The point is, is that if we continue to give in to our distorted Disordered appetites, which is to replace God with things in an attempt to save ourselves and relieve our insecurities, we will continue in darkness. And in his teaching, he goes on, after stating this, to appeal to common sense and to nature, which we are very much out of touch with. But this week we have the Ember Days, which is all about getting us back in touch with nature so that we can perceive Truth as it is. At any rate, he says to them, there's more going on here in the desire of your heart, in the core of your being, than hot dogs and handbags. The birds eat well and they're happy. The flowers are far more beautiful and impressive than you and your, you know, shiny new car and skinny jeans. He's saying, look around you, you're being ridiculous. Like you've lost your mind, basically. You people, he says. Jesus says that, you people. <laughs> Actually says it in the text. You gotta hear it with an accent from Brooklyn. You people. You people. You people have little faith. Which brings us back to the insecurity problem. Do you not realize do we not all realize that there is nothing and no one in this world who can provide the security that we long for and need, that drives everything we do, good and bad? Not your nutritional program, not your diets, not your possessions, not your retirement fund, not your wife, not your husband, not your children, not your boss, your president, your priest, your bishop, no one. And nothing will make you secure. God alone will never fail you. God alone is our security. So what do we do when we realize this? Do we stop risking giving ourselves to others? Do we go into a closet and hide and stop living? Because everyone and everything will fail us. Everything will break down. Everything will turn upon us and come short of meeting our needs. Everything will crack and break, including your very self. 
Do we just quit in fear? God forbid. That's obviously not the answer. To stop loving, to stop giving ourselves. When our security and trust is in God, then we are free to risk everything. Because it doesn't matter who fails us, because He never fails us. When we seek first the kingdom of God, as Jesus concludes His teaching today, we will have the power of peace. And we will be free from the tyranny of fear. We will be free to love. Free to lay hold of the good that we desire. And to really enjoy it. Even in this life. Even while things all around us falter and fail. We can enjoy the peace of our security in Christ. If our hope is in God. And not in man, and not in princes, and not in ourselves, and not in our power and possessions. If our hope is in God, he will not disappoint us. But Jesus says you can't do this and serve mammon at the same time. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.